Welcome to the Faith Cup Podcast. We are glad you are here today. May God bless you in order for you to be a blessing to those around you. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. My name is Kurt. I'm one of the pastors here. I want to add my welcome to you this morning. I want to welcome you back, in a sense, to a summer of wonder. Here at Faith Covenant Church, we took a a short pause last week as we did our combined service with Esperanza Viva, which was kind of a service of wonder in and of itself. So uh, it wasn't so much a pause as just a slight uh, detour on the trail, but it is good to be back together. And uh, as we take time to look into God's word, I just want to ask you to pray with me again and ask for God's blessing on this time uh, of looking into uh, what he has to say to us today. Holy God, we do thank you that you are with us, that you never leave us or forsake us, and because of the love that you have demonstrated in your son Jesus, who not only gave his life, but who raised to newness of life in the resurrection, there is nothing now that can ever separate us from your love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we ask that you would speak to us through your word, that you would uh, inspire us through your spirit. And that we would go from this place today filled with wonder and awe of who you are in our lives and who you have called us to be as your people in this place. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So right now, as a part of our summer of wonder, uh, we're in an introductory series, which is just a few weeks to kind of look at some larger categories of what wonder means and why wonder is important to our spiritual lives and the significance that it plays in our relationship with God. We've been exploring ways that we can open ourselves to the sacredness of life in this world that God has made, and also to learn again what it means for us to make space for wonder in our lives and in our relationships. Now, in a couple of weeks, we're going to transition into a follow-on series that is going to be called Rooted in Wonder, and there's a resource that is available called Rooted in Wonder. Imagine that. That'll be the title of our series. Uh, But it's a a book written by Aaron Linham, which which helps parents and or grandparents uh, to nurture your family's faith through God's creation. So it's a practical tool that helps us to begin to see how through the experiences of wonder and getting out into creation, we can be a part of being the, the primary disciplers of our own kids and our own families. So if you want to pick up that uh, book in advance, you can even start reading it. We're not going to follow the book exactly in the series, but it's a tool and a resource. Let me mention a couple more real quick. Um, Mike Iaconelli wrote a book called Dangerous Wonder quite a a few years ago now, but it's become a, a devotional classic. And so if you're looking for a resource, either for yourself or a group or a friend that you're meeting with, there's a lot of discussion questions after each chapter. It's a great one. Or there's also, uh, Faith Blanchard has written a 40-day devotional called God of Wonders, and that's kind of more your traditional bite-sized chunk each day for 40 days. Also a great book. We have a few copies in the office, but you can get all these online as well. When we talk about wonder in the Bible, the Bible uses a lot of different words that we could consider a part of this idea that we're talking about when we use the word wonder. The Bible uses words like amazement or majesty or glory or greatness or awe or sometimes even fear. 
all words that attempt to capture the experience that we can have sometimes as human beings of coming into contact with that which transcends our ability to comprehend or to control. The reality is that we've been talking about is that as human beings, we tend to like things settled and solved and explained, right? As a result, we often lose our openness to mystery in our lives because we become less and less comfortable with anything that uh, comes across our path that aren't within our ability to comprehend or to manage or to control. And what we talked about in the first couple of weeks is that this then becomes a challenge to our faith relationship with God because at the very heart of the Christian faith that the Bible teaches us, we're faced with the reality of mystery. Like when Moses at the burning bush encountered a situation that was beyond his ability to comprehend or to control, where the voice of God is speaking to him out of a flame that is burning the bush, but the bush doesn't burn up. (laughs) And the voice of God says, Moses, take off your sandals because the place you're standing is holy ground where the only option that Moses has is to respond in awe and wonder and maybe even in silence because in this sacred moment where he realizes he's come face to face with the living God, he recognizes that the ordinary experience of life has become a holy experience of life. And so it's in this openness to wonder and to mystery in our lives that comes from a more childlike faith that Jesus tells his disciples is necessary in order for us to be able to even hope to enter into the kingdom of God, that we learn, again, to be open to mystery in our lives and in our relationship with God. We learn to linger longer in those moments of grace where God may show up in unexpected places and invite us to an experience that maybe we hadn't planned for. We've been learning that experiencing wonder is what attunes us to the sacramental nature of the world in which we live, that the Bible tells us is constantly speaking of the eternal power and the divine nature of the God who created it and is the genuine foundation of what true worship is really all about. Now, if you missed the first two weeks, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to them online. You can catch up, or maybe you want a refresher to remind yourselves of these things that we've talked about that sets us up for today, where the Apostle Paul actually describes for us what the loss of wonder is really about in Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 20. Paul says, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but in their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. I want to suggest for us today that as we open ourselves to experiencing wonder in our lives with a childlike faith, it opens us up to the world around us in a new way, and we come to understand in a fresh perspective our part of this creation that God has made. Wonder allows us to see the extraordinary in that which has become ordinary. 
Wonder allows us to begin to see and experience the sacred nature of life in that which has become mundane. This word mundane is kind of interesting because there's two different definitions for it. The first definition, which is probably more common for us, is mundane is something that is lacking interest or excitement or it's dull or boring. How much of life do we experience that becomes dull and drudgery and routine and and, and just lacking extraordinary experiences? But there's another side, another definition to this word mundane uh, that suggests that what is mundane is of this earthly world rather than of a heavenly or a spiritual world. And as we've been talking about having a more childlike faith, one of the things that we're recognizing is that as we grow older in life, we become all too familiar with the mundane aspects of life in this world. The extraordinary things that captured our imaginations as children become the ordinary, become the familiar, become the routine, and it loses its inspiration, it loses its excitement, and it just becomes boring. (laughs) Like work, bills, chores, projects, even other people. Right? I mean, after a few years of marriage and navigating the recurring routines of life, don't we start to lose the magic that we had at the beginning of our relationship? Our spouse becomes familiar, and in becoming familiar, they become ordinary. And our relationship enters into the world of the mundane. Maybe even we could say going to church and our relationship with God can become ordinary and familiar and routine but rediscovering a sense of childlike faith that Jesus invites his disciples to enter into breaks us out of the fog of our adult rationalizations and begins to resensitize us to the reality that what may seem to be dull, ordinary, and mundane nonetheless is actually brimming with supernatural life and love and mystery from the God who created this mundane world. The very presence of that God, the Bible tells us, is manifest in and through the experiences that he has created for us in this world. And if Jesus said we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, and if we resist the temptation as the Apostle Paul is identifying to allow our hearts to become darkened. David Benner, in his book, Soulful Spirituality, says, Through the eyes of wonder, we encounter creation as a mirror of God that reveals God's presence within it. And he says, when all of life is treated as sacred, wonder begins to burst upon us. What this means is that in order to experience wonder in our lives, these don't have to be times that are the extraordinary, the seemingly supernatural, or the out of the ordinary, but simply times when we're willing to open ourselves to the wonder of life that exists in the very ordinary world that God has created. The mundane things of life can actually be filled with God's presence. We talked about this before, an ordinary mundane walk around the neighborhood 
can become an extraordinary walk around the neighborhood simply if you clear the space within your own spirit with, uh, to, to be open to the mystery that is all around you. And in childlike faith, you open your eyes and ears to explore the world in which you find yourself, the sights, the sounds, the experiences, whether it's from the animals and the birds or the warmth of the sun and the blueness of the sky, the coolness of the breeze or watching the wind as it blows through the trees. You see, when we open ourselves again to wonder, that which has become all too familiar to the point of becoming mundane comes alive again with possibility. And the Spirit of God enlivens our hearts to the eternal glory and the divine nature of the God of the universe that we blithely miss or too easily ignore in our busyness and our attempt to rush past these moments of grace when God might have a gift for us And we close off our hearts and our minds to the mystery and the wonder of God and who He is and what He has done. And today I'd like to suggest that one of the places where we often struggle to remain open to wonder in this way is one of the places that we often forget is a critical part of the world that God has created. And it's within ourselves. It's within you. And within me. The Bible tells us that each one of us is a unique part of God's creation, who are designed by God to be a reflection of His eternal power and His divine nature in the world. If you go back to the creation story in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. And so our lives are intimately entwined in this creative project that God has built into our lives where, that is designed to be a mirror and a reflection of who He is in our lives. And I want to suggest two takeaways for us today. Uh, the first one is that a sense of wonder can help us to recognize and appreciate the mystery and wonder of our own being as created in the image of God. And the second thing I I want us to take away from today is that wonder can also begin to reignite within us an ongoing passion to explore and discover new aspects of who we are and in our life together with God. And this is true no matter what age or stage of life we find ourselves in. Now in Psalm 139, we're invited to consider how Wonderful it is that God, the God of the universe fully and deeply and intimately created us, knows us, and loves us. We're invited to contemplate, to think about, to appreciate, and to open ourselves to the mystery of, the God, of God's work of wonder in us and to once again be amazed and in awe. Now, now this is a longer passage that I want to read. We're going to read verses 1 through 18. And so what I want to invite you to do is simply listen to the words of Psalm 139. Open yourselves to the mystery that David is identifying in his relationship with God and allow the Spirit of God to open you to the wonder of who you are in your relationship with him. Beginning of verse 1, David says, You have searched me, Lord, and you 
know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts. How precious to me really are your thoughts concerning me. Oh God, how vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. Can I suggest for us today that what David confesses in this psalm is what is true for each one of us? That each of us began our lives, whether we realize it or not, in the mind and in the heart of God. And that each of us is uniquely designed by God as a, and to be made as a reflection of God and is uniquely assigned to the times in which we live with intention and with purpose and with love. You're not a mistake. You didn't come here accidentally. You are not unloved, unvaluable, one of the many who nobody really recognizes or knows. You are uniquely designed and created by the God who knows you better than you know yourself and loves you and has a plan and a purpose for your life, regardless of what anyone else tells you. In this, there's something both fearful and wonderful about every human life on this planet. There's something so intricate and meaningful about how God has designed and made us and His forethought and His intentionality and His faithfulness that we really should be in awe of our own lives every day. The fact that we actually have life and that we breathe and that we can see and smell and taste and touch and love and worship and all the things that God has allowed us to do, it's pretty amazing if you really think about it. 
Each one of us is lovingly crafted to be a reflection of the God who made this world and also to be specially designed to be who we are in our uniqueness that only we can fulfill the designs that God has for each one of us. And so to be fearfully and wonderfully made indicates a a, a core reverence and awe for the very life that each one of us has. The type of fear here that David is talking about is more like that sense of awe or astonishment that comes over us when we walk into a, a magnificent cathedral, right? Or, or, or you get to a vista view and you can look out over the, the, the expanse of a mountain range. Or if you've ever had the joy of holding a newborn baby for the very first time. If there isn't a little fear and trembling in that moment, right? But with a wonder and the amazement of each life that God has made. See, our, our humanity, our design, our uniqueness, our purpose reflects God's intelligence and his wisdom and his creativity. Our bodies can move, they can heal themselves, we can see and perceive, we we, we can reproduce, our bodies can bring us pleasure, and we can function without even the express direction of our conscious minds when we're sleeping. (laughs) If you think about every individual DNA strand has a unique code for you, which can be identified and connect you to all the people that you've been in relationship with. More than that, we have been designed with living souls that allow us to be creative and loving and working and sacrificing. To to sacrifice our needs for those of others, to to, to look to the, the needs of the many, not just to the one. And those things should continue to amaze us when we reflect on the best of who we are as human beings. And yet, in this fearful and wonderful reality of human being in this world, we also recognize that with awesomeness comes the capacity to do great good, but also great evil. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, and because of this, God's love for humanity and his redemptive involvement in our story is the unique core of the story of God's creation, that he knew that there would be a fall, that he knew that sin would come in, that he knew that in our humanity and in our brokenness we would fall short of his glory and his goodness, and and that there would be a veil over our minds and our foolish hearts would be darkened. But he didn't leave us alone in that place. He sent the light of the world into the world in Jesus to reveal to us that we don't have to stay there, that we can come back to the childlike faith that we had at the beginning when he created us, that he can be, invite us to be a part of his family and we can be renewed in our humanity based on the humanity of Jesus that he imparts to us through his grace and his mercy and his love. The challenge, as Mike Iaconelli identifies in his book, Dangerous Wonder, is that the moment we start to ignore or deny God's fingerprint on our souls is the instant we stop listening to and appreciating our uniqueness and our God-seeing and our God-hearing starts to deteriorate, he says. 
As we get older, our understanding of God is altered from a God who is present with us in wonder, pursuing us and loving us, to a God who is distant, a God who only shows up on Sunday mornings at church. Instead of a God who is running after us, trying to get our attention, we begin to run after God, trying to get His attention. And then he says, the best way to begin to hear God's voice speaking to us is to pay attention to how God has shaped you. The best way to begin to hear God's voice speaking to us is to pay attention to how God has shaped you. He tells the story of Robert Fulgram uh, from his book, All I Really Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten, about how Robert was uh, in charge of 80 um, five-year-olds, right, boys and girls, and his job was to keep them occupied for an hour. Now, I was thinking about, you know, VBS in the park starting tomorrow, and we're going to be in a similar situation where we have to occupy some young'uns for a while. But can you imagine 85 year olds occupied for an hour? So he's racking his brain. He thinks of this game that he remembered. It was kind of like rock, paper, scissors, but apparently it was called Giants, Wizards, and Dwarfs. And so you'd have all the kids run around, and then on his you know, notification, on his call, they'd have to stop, they'd have to pair up, and then they'd have to choose either to be a giant, a wizard, or a dwarf. And there was some motion that they would have to do that would indicate one or the other, right? And the giant beat the wizard, and the wizard beat the dwarf, and the dwarf beat the giant. So he says, go, and chaos ensues, and they're running around. And, uh, and while they're running around, before he can call time, he feels a tug on his pant leg. And he looks down and he says that there was this little five-year-old girl with big blue eyes. And she said, Mister, where do the mermaids go? <laughs> you see, this little girl admits that she has a unique identity. She wasn't going to be put into a box of having to be a giant or a wizard or a dwarf because she knew that she was a mermaid. She refused to accept that somebody else's categories were going to limit her choices and her life. She understood that her calling from God was to be a mermaid in that moment. And she stood true to who she understood herself to be. Eugene Peterson once pointed out that most of us spend our entire adult lives impersonating ourselves. <laughs> Children are who they are. It doesn't take long, Iaconelli says, before we, have to, before we have convinced them that they are what they wear, or they are what they do, or they are what they have, or they are what they look like. But if our children are lucky, we convince them early on to resist these caricatures and illusions of life. Once we decide, no matter how early in our lives or how late, to quit listening to uh, the, the, the way we are made by God, we begin to lose God's voice in our hearts and in our lives. 
So you see, again, number one was a sense of wonder can help us to begin to recognize and appreciate the mystery and wonder of our own being as created in the image of God. Which then leads us to number two, wonder can also reignite within us an ongoing passion to explore and discover new aspects of who we are and, in our, and of our life together with God. Wonder impacts not only our relationship with ourselves, but our relationship with God and all those around us. Again, Benner says, re-engaging wonder in our lives enlarges us, enlarges us. He says it deepens our souls and expands our spirits. We are handcrafted by God with unique features and strengths and weaknesses and perspectives and talents and gifts. We are fearfully and wonderfully made and we should begin to regard ourselves in this way rather than fretting or complaining about who we're not. We should learn to celebrate with God the wonderful uniqueness of who we are right now, today, in this moment. And in that reality, you come to realize, hopefully, that your life is sacred. You are a holy gift that God created to offer back to Him love and worship and gratitude and in that spirit to offer the same thing to those around you as a reflection of who God is in the world that He's made. You bear within you the very fingerprint of the master painter who has signed his in initials on your life that you are His masterpiece. Not only that, but you are not hidden from God. You are not dismissed. Even if others have overlooked you or dismissed you and you feel isolated and alone, the God who made you sees you. The God who made you knows you. The God who made you loves you and desires you to, to come back into relationship with Him in a way that brings wonder and awe and inspiration back into your life. I mean, with how many billions of people we have on the planet now, it's easy to feel lost in the crowd, right? At times in life, we can feel small and insignificant and unseen. And David, David clearly felt this way. We can remember in Psalm 8, verse 4, he said, What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. I mean, compared to God, we're, we're less than an ant, right? We're a speck of dust on the, uh, on the road of history. And yet the Bible says God loves you just as if no one else ever existed. If you were the only one on the planet, God would come and give his life for you. If you are the one who is excluded and left out and don't belong anywhere, Jesus is the one who will leave the 99 to go after the one to bring them back to be part of the fold. It's natural for us to feel this way at different points in our lives, especially when we acknowledge that we do experience hard times and illnesses and we experience abuse from other people. We, we go through periods of depression and broken relationships. Life in this world is hard and difficult and painful. And it's in these times we can be tempted to despair or believe that God doesn't care. 
or that there's really no wonder left to be had and everything has just become mundane. And that's when I want to encourage you, turn to Psalm 139. Read through Psalm 139. Prayerfully reflect on Psalm 139. Remember who God is in your life and who he has created you to be and remember how much he loves you. Be reminded that you are never lost to God. You can trust that his eye has been upon you from the beginning, that there's no place that you can go, no situation that develops, no pit of sin so deep that our God cannot find you there, that God cannot be present with you there, and that God cannot lead you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Amen? Jeremiah the prophet records a word that came to him from the Lord in chapter 1, verse 5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And what Jeremiah discovered, if you know his story, which we don't have time to go into in detail today, was that to deny the way that he was made, to deny the calling of God on his life, to deny the purpose for why God formed Jeremiah the way he was, was to deny God's voice in his life. And it took him going through a lot of trouble to get back to the mountaintop, to go through the fire and the storm and, and all those things to realize that God's voice wasn't in all that grand, extraordinary stuff, but God's voice was the still, small voice that he heard with his own spirit in the very mundane place of trusting God for his life. What David is telling us and what we're reminded by the story of Jeremiah is that who we are today, who you are right now in this room or watching from home where you're watching is a testimony to the greatness of God, whether you believe it or not. This was true for Jesus as well in an even more profound and amazing way when he told his disciples in John 14, verse 9, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who has seen me has seen God. And when we put our trust in Jesus and we are rescued from darkness and brought into his marvelous light, we too, in a less direct way, can say, hopefully, when you see me, you see God. Not because of my goodness or my righteousness or how great I am, but because of a God's love and his mercy and his grace that has never given up on me, that invites me to be renewed and restored and forgiven from all of my sins and mistakes so that we can be in relationship with one another in spite of our brokenness and our difficulty. Even as we come to Christ and become a part of his body in the church, we don't lose our individuality and our distinction from one another. We simply learn to function in the unity that Christ brings, but we're also invited to bring our uniqueness and to participate in the body because it's together in all of our giftedness and our uh, blessing that God has made us that we become more than any of us could be individually. So as we... Begin to come to a close and bring it in for a landing. I want to encourage you as you go today. Do not be pressured by anyone 
to be a giant or a wizard or a dwarf. Be the mermaid. Be the one that God created you to be. Be who you are. And if you don't know who you are, if you've lost touch with who you are, that's a part of the journey of wonder itself. Connect with a friend. Come talk to us here at the church. Be a part of a, a discipleship group and go on a journey of rediscovering the wonder of God's love and who he created you to be in your life because at the core of that discovery is the deepest meaning and purpose for who you are because God designed you with a purpose. In the same way that David was filled with amazement and wonder by considering how God created him and knew him and cared for him, recognize that in your faith, in your religiosity, in your Christianity, in your church attending, it's not just that God knows everything. God knows you. And he loves you. It's not just that God is everywhere. God is everywhere with you. And he cares for you in everywhere you are. And it's not just that God created everything. He created you. And he has designed you for his purposes. That's why David says, I believe, in verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Brothers and sisters, all of this stuff is true, and yet it's a mystery that we can't fully comprehend or control. And that's why... God invites us to understand the gift of wonder in who you are and who he has created you to be. In this, very knowledge, in this very knowledge, we are invited to come to know, not by our own wisdom or our own intellect or our own propositions or truths that we hold, but in childlike faith and wonder to allow the Holy Spirit of God to attune our souls to the sacred nature of the life that God has given us in this world. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your love. Forgive us for the ways that we often forget that you are God and we are not. That we are part of your created order and as created beings, we are the artwork and you are the master. Forgive us for the ways that maybe even within ourselves we devalue the work of art that you have created us to be. And God, for those in our lives who are supposed to have loved us and devalued us, give us healing. Help us to forgive those people and to overcome those broken places in our lives and to rediscover a new childhood in you where we can enter into joy and wonder and excitement at any age, in any stage of life, and maybe, God, especially in the ending years, to be able to live in the joy of a life that you have given us and to value each moment as precious and each person that you've put in our lives as a valuable gift for us to be cherished and loved. And God, help us here at Faith Covenant Church to be a place that invites people into the journey of wonder so that every person who comes feels recognized, included, valued, and seen so that they too can understand that you have created them with awe and wonder and that you desire a relationship with them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Faith Cove Podcast. 
Our music was written, performed, and produced by Adam Johnson. For more information about our church community, visit faithcovesumner.com. Until next time!